1: And it was a struggle trying to compete, but there were some signs here and there where people, you know, uh, were really cheering for us and um, really uh, wanted the product to succeed.
0: Now that we're conscious about global plastic pollution with all the attention given to it these days, what's next? And how do we begin to push the entire world towards less plastic waste issues? If you have an innovative idea within sustainability, how do you bring it to life? And how do you get the word out there that you and your project exists? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. If you're interested in getting a roundup, a summary, a small dose of empowerment and inspiration, From the podcast, every Sunday, you can sign up to receive the show's highlights that I personally write at greendreamer.com. I'd love to have you and I look forward to connecting more. And now to today's episode. Let's dive in. Our guest today is the co-founder of Pila Case, which is a pioneering eco smartphone case brand that developed its own compostable material called Flaxstick, made of flax waste and other bio materials. I first got my Pila Case about three years ago now, and I'm a huge fan myself. If you haven't already heard of the brand, make sure to check it out at PilaCase.com. That's P-E-L-A-C-A-S-E.com. And so over the past years, I've watched the company grow so quickly, like exponentially in my eyes, and it's super exciting. So I knew I had to bring the brand's co-founder onto the show so we can learn from his expertise together. Green Dreamer, starting off with what got him to care for the health of our environment, here's Jeremy Lang.
1: So I'm going to take you back to when I was 10 years old. I, was, uh, I grew up on the prairies here in Canada, and I was driving in my dad's big white buick at harvest time and it um, was getting starting to get dark out and we were driving the highway and on the horizon overhead uh up ahead of us we could see that the sky was glowing orange and uh as we came over a hill we could see like i saw these fields on fire and i remember feeling really scared it was a really eerie feeling to see these big fields on fire at night and so i asked my dad what's what's going on and he said well the farmer's are burning their flax straw because the fiber in it, you know, it gets caught up in their equipment and it's, yeah, it's so strong that it doesn't, they have to burn it. So, and I said, well, if it's that strong, it must be good for something. And he said, when you get older, maybe you can think of something. So that was kind of always in the back of my head. So then, uh, you know, I went to university. I have a bachelor of science in agriculture and got into environmental sciences uh, from there as well. And I learned more about flax straw and how in in canada we grow the most oil seed flax in the world so all we care about is really the oil seed or the farmers care about and they often burn their straw whereas in europe they grow the flax straw for the straw itself for the fiber in the straw to make linen and other things so um so mummies were wrapped in linen and and uh linen was made from flax straw fiber so that was kinda of always in the back of my head I wanted to find another use for the straw so farmers, you know, didn't have to waste it and so they could find a market for it. And then um fast forward to well, two thousand nine, Christmas of two thousand nine, my wife and I were on vacation in Kauai and our son uh was a year and a half at the time and we're digging on in the sand on this secluded beach and there were pieces of plastic like everywhere as we were digging and I remember feeling really sick about it. Almost like, you know, when you see someone litter, like that type of feeling. And, you know, that it really bothered me when we grew up. We did a lot of camping growing up. And my dad always taught us to leave the campsite cleaner than when you found it. And uh, that's kind of a value that was stuck in my head as well. So anyway, I found out, I wanted to find out where that garbage was coming from when I found out about, about the Pacific Gyre. And how, you know, the ocean collects there in the Pacific and it washes up on the beaches in Hawaii. And, um, and then I found out more about just plastic in general, how every piece of plastic that's ever been made still exists today and how, um, you know, how linear that is and how unnatural that is uh, and scary and how, you know, less than, I think it's less than 10% of all plastic actually ends up getting recycled. So then it led me to lead to look for some different type of options for plastics. And that's when I found out more about biopolymers that were you know, based more on uh, renewable resources versus versus non-renewable resources like conventional plastic. And yeah, so and at the time, the biopolymers were quite brittle. So they are m- used mostly for single use items like utensils. So I knew flax fiber was strong. And, and um, so I thought, well, what if I combine the flax fiber with the biopolymers? Maybe we can make a stronger product and we can create more consumer products more sustainably. So, so that's uh, kind of got me to do some research at the University of Saskatchewan here, where I'm from. And and then, yeah, I just wanted a very simple product to to get out there. And, and um, the phone case, just the idea of, first of all, the amount of phone cases in the world. And then um, the other thing that really bothered me was that, you know, the average person keeps their phone for, I think it's 18 to 24 months. Yet the plastic case, the conventional plastic case that we use to protect it, is made from a non renewable resource, and it'll last for hundreds or thousands of years and probably won't end up getting recycled. It'll probably end up in the garbage. So that just seemed a little bit ridiculous to me. So yeah, that's why the phone case was a nice fit. So that's what led me uh, to creating the Pila case.
0: Yeah, and going back just a little bit, How long did it take you to go from learning about plastic issues and plastic pollution to connecting the dots with uh, your memories from your childhood with flax being a waste product and how you could tie these two things together?
1: Not that long. I think within a year uh, I was doing the research and then in uh, 2011 is when I had the very first prototype of the phone case. It was for the iPhone 4 actually.
0: And what, what did this process look like in developing this material that didn't previously exist? Like, how did it go from being in your head to being a real life product?
1: So we took, um, we would get the base biopolymer from different, there are various manufacturers of it, and it would come in different forms. And then I would take uh, the flax straw material and and uh, in different forms as well and do different testing on it and, and mix it all together and to figure out what the best combination was and percentage, you know, how much flax we could actually use and that type of thing. So it was a lot of trial and error for the initial uh, research and development until we got the, uh, the formula down.
0: And this is kind of going on a little tangent, but when I eat out, I often see disposable bioplastic cups that will say they're compostable in special facilities. What does that really mean? And what's the difference between that and items that we can compost in our backyards like flax stick?
1: To be clear, we're still learning as we go. <laughs> we're not perfect, but we're still learning. Um, the, there are, um, different certifications. So some are, some items are certified compostable in an industrial composter. So, um, like most larger cities would have that. And then some are certified also to be, uh, to break down in backyard compost. So our phone case is certified for both the PILA case, but, um, the main, the main end use for ours, would, or the best one would be, uh, in the backyard compost, or even better, it's, um, if you don't have one of those, we are, uh, bringing in a, a program into place called the Pila product cycle, where we will take your own, your old case back. If you don't have a composter and we will grind it up and turn it into another product, the, all the energy that went into that first one. If we can still make more things out of it, we see, um, you know, that is a sustainable step, um, to create new products with. Or if we don't have anything to make it, then we can compost it, uh, here.
0: So you had Flaxstick ready. You co-founded Pila Case with your business partner, Matt. What's been the hardest part in bringing Pila Case to life?
1: The hardest part um, has been the marketing. So I was doing it on my own, actually, for the first well, five years, um, working as a full-time environmental consultant. That was my, my day job. And then just trying to sell the cases and uh, you know make the product in the evenings. And it was a struggle trying to compete. But, you know, we'd get there were some signs here and there where people, you know, uh, were really cheering for us and um, really uh, wanted the product to succeed. So I ended up running into Matt at an entrepreneur event and um, he's an e-commerce guy and really knows how to market it. And he, he has uh, he, um, you know, grew up in, in northern Canada as well, north of Toronto there and is uh, has the outdoor living and sustainable goals, same ones that we have. So it was a really great fit. And he really helped us to find our audience um we hired another team member santa and and just uh really started to market it online and um yeah found found our found our audience which has really helped things to take off
0: what do you think has been key to this marketing strategy that you put into place
1: well i think one of the keys is we 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 always wanted to have uh you know, put some emotion behind your case, and it's not just a case that you buy. It's it, it has a mission behind it, and it stands for more. and And that's what we're starting to see more of. When I guess when when we first when people started taking pictures of their phone uh, with the Pila case on it and sending it back to us, uh, you know that they're proud of it and and um, proud of the steps that they were taking to become you know more sustainable. That was that was really cool. So it's the emotion behind it. And the story behind it, and and it's part of a bigger mission to, you know, reduce waste and just make things smarter. Trying to make things a little bit better—that's what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and how do you think you were able to touch on people's emotions, like in your messaging, in your um, content, and everything that you're putting out on social media and elsewhere?
1: We're still uh, refining that, but a lot of it is. Well, there's a few things. One, there's an education piece behind it. You know, we're. Like I said, we're all learning as we go, and and um, I think the the main thing is just plastics in the news. And that's becoming more and more of a headline story, so people are more aware of it. So, um, but at you know at first, I think there was an education piece about you know bioplastics, biopolymers, compostable. Um, you know what are what are conventional plastics plastics made of versus biopolymers and bioplastics. So that education piece was something that we had to work on and um yeah those were probably the main things and then just the other things just to you know we wanted to make sure that it wasn't uh, a green or an eco-friendly product that didn't function well we wanted to make sure number one it was designed really well and protected your phone and felt really great and had a you know uh, a message behind it but also but also it was eco-friendly so that's kind of the the secondary thing so
0: yeah, I've been using PILA case ever since like three years ago when I first discovered you guys. So I can testify to the fact that it's totally, it's just, it protects my phone really well. And it has that piece in place. And that's what people look for, for a phone case. It's like, first of all, it has to perform well.
1: Yes, exactly. That was, um, yeah, something like the design was very important to us as a starting point. And um, I think we got it. The other thing, you know, a lot of questions we get is about protection and, and we are doing more uh, protection uh testing or military-grade testing like some of the other uh, cases do. We're, we're doing more of that uh, this year here. But we're also going to implement a protection guarantee. So, you know, if your phone face cracks with your PILA case on it, we'll pay for the repair. That's how confident we are in it. We've had a lot of people drop their cases. I've dropped mine numerous times. And, um, you know, it, it often bounces with, with no no damage to the phone. So we're really excited about that part of it. And the other question we get asked a lot about is, um, will it uh, break down in your pocket? And um, no, it won't. It only <laughs> breaks down when it's in a composting environment. So, you know, when it has the right moisture and temperature and micro microorganisms um, to break it down.
0: So you've been able to really address most people's initial concerns with having a biodegradable case.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Well, I feel like since three years ago, when I first started using Pela, I've seen you guys grow really quickly, even though I don't know, maybe for you, it doesn't feel like that. But I feel like it's gained traction so quickly. What do you think other than just, you know, having it be a high performing product and touching upon people's emotions? What else has been key to you getting the word out there and its growth?
1: Well, I think just finding um, other like minded communities, like the zero waste community and, um, you know, eco friendly bloggers, that's what we're really. What's really cool is meeting well people like you and other people who have similar values and are and are doing their thing and who are so supportive. That's just really helped. You know, it's great where we can sometimes highlight their stories as well. It's kind of a we have a common goal, and, um, and that's to make things better for the planet or for future generations. So it's really that's one of the side things that um, I, think I wasn't expecting when I started a, a product was the the how many great people we meet from around the world through the product and people who are doing great things. It's just really inspiring and and really neat to see.
0: Yeah. What's been one of those greatest inspirations for you, whether it's like another innovation someone else is working on or.
1: Oh, wow. There are so many, I think that there there are so many innovations. Um, I'm most excited about the community, the network effect and how it really seems like we can make a difference. Um, you know all the people who who want to make the change. We now have the the megaphone or the or the way to access pockets of the world or our like-minded people like we never have been able to have that access before. It was only available to you know the big massive corporations who could pay for those. They're advertising advertising to get in your face and um. But now the uh, the community behind it, uh, that's the most exciting, inspiring, inspiring part for me is to see how we can connect. With people from around the world, and we have similar goals, and and how can we help each other out, and uh, yeah, make things better.
0: I feel like that's the pl- that's the positive side of social media. Is you know, with globalization, we're able to connect with like-minded people from around the world.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And. Pela has also Pila, sorry, has also been featured in a lot of major publications. I remember watching a video, I believe from Mashable, that went viral. What did you guys do to make all of these media features possible?
1: We just basically reached out to them, and I think it was because we had had a story that resonated with a lot of people, and you know, a lot of its timing. But um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing: just take the step and um, start contacting people
0: (laughs) yeah and do you have any tips for maybe people or brands doing amazing things who also want to get more press features like how do you go about crafting your story and making sure that the timing is good
1: you know that's a i think something that you know Matt and santa have done a lot of work on and they're they're the they're the they can certainly answer a lot more on the marketing side of it than i can but I think it's it's just the, the matter of um, just reaching out to people and um, keep, keep going until you find that audience. It took us about a year until we found the right audience. And then once we did, things really st- seemed to snowball from there.
0: Yeah, so just keep trying.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: And in the bigger picture, you're really tackling this global issue of plastic pollution that is getting more and more attention, which is great. What do you think the world needs for plastic pollution to not be an issue at all? Is it like a matter of not having plastic at all, better recycling technologies? What does an ideal world with zero plastic issues look like to you?
1: One of the things that, that I believe will help is if, you know, because recycling is not always an option and everyone's, you know, and you don't want to throw it in the garbage, but the, the idea of companies taking responsibility for their product is something that I think has huge potential and that's what we're talking about with that piLA product cycle and if you look at it as um you know you could say some of the bigger brands like coca-cola for example, like what if coca cola I heard this somewhere before but if if every plastic bottle that coca cola made went back to them, so you can look at it as two ways what a what a big pile of garbage or you can say wow what a what an opportunity we have all this All these resources, all the energy that went in to make these plastic bottles, we can still um, use them for other things. And I think that's one of the things that could make the biggest difference. So that's what we're looking at and, you know, using things more than once. So like I said, if we, for example, we can give the phone case as an example, like when we're, if you're done with your iPhone 6 case or whatever, and you don't know what to do with it, you can send it back to us. We will grind it up and turn it into an iPhone seven case, you know, and then use that energy a second time that was used to make it and then you know ultimately maybe we make a third product and then ultimately it's compostable it goes into the ground grow more plants you can create more biopolymers and repeat the cycle over again so I think that's um something that we're working on so yeah it's not an easy answer and and there you know at the same time like plastic is uh, environmentally as awful as it as it is it's it's given us you know a lot of really great things as well, so it's a matter of finding better ways to make it and better ways to handle it in the end so it is more sustainable
0: yeah, and there are issues also with like if a product were made with two different types of plastic, then it might not even be recyclable, but if the yeah. company had to be held responsible for that, they might design no design the product knowing that it's going to come back to them and they would have to make it easy to be processed when it's disposed of
1: yes for sure and it's we were just at a um uh, green living trade show on the weekend and we had people who would buy a a pila case and then they would take their old case off and they would say okay what can i do with this my old case but not a pila case like a competitor's case And and it was a good question what what can you do with your old case and like you just said a lot of of those cases can't be recycled and that's kind of a scary thought. So they're going to end up in the garbage. So, you know, that made us feel better that, hey, you have another option. Um, you know, I know it's just a phone case, but when you add up the billions of cases that are out there, that's that's a lot of phone cases. And, and uh, you know, it even made us think about maybe eventually we should start taking uh, the competitors' cases back and figure out a way to recycle them and turn them into other products, whether it's a, a lawn chair or whatever. Just <laughs> So you're using all the energy and resources that went into it. You know more than once
0: so we have amazing companies like pila that is voluntarily wanting to be held responsible for like the end of life of your products but how do you think we can inspire conventional companies to also be responsible for the products they're putting out is it through like regulations or like yeah it- <laughs> i think that's
1: part of it but i think the one of the biggest ways is by choosing with your wallet where do you spend your money and eventually if Pila becomes the number one phone case and the bigger other companies see that, and you know, that, and then those other companies might say, Oh, geez, maybe we should switch, change our ways. And, and that's great. That's what we want. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of where in the, in the, in the grand picture, that's kind of what um, we're seeing. And that would be great if everyone copied us eventually and made things better, we win, right? Everyone wins.
0: For sure. And what are your dreams specifically for Pila Case and for Flagstick?
1: Well, our dreams are to add more products, more get more, you know, replace more um, products with a more sustainable product. You know, really going for that zero waste. Like, and and it's not just the product where we try and eliminate our waste. It's in our business practices. You know, how can we do things more efficiently? It's, you know, how do we send them. In the, you know, when our customers order, do we really need to put it in a retail package that goes into another package that goes into another package? Like, that's just ridiculous. So we don't do that. You know, when customers order online, I think you maybe saw, or maybe three years ago, we didn't have that yet, but now we do that. All we just send is a little note, um, to our customers in a, you know, recyclable craft mailer. And, um, and we're trying to do the same thing when we ship through Amazon. Um, you know, we put a little note in there when, when Amazon gets our, our cases and they, We ask them, they don't need to put our cases into another envelope or another bag. They can just put their shipping label right onto the envelope that we give them. So they're not putting a package inside of a package and they're actually doing it in some cases, which that's really neat to see too. But, you know, and it also, it makes sense to them as a business. They don't want to spend money on extra packaging if they don't have to. So, yeah, that's kind of a neat example of how these little steps can start to make some changes.
0: For sure. And what are some other products that you envision Flaxstick being able to um, replace as of now or your next step for it?
1: Yeah. So we're kind of right now we're focusing on anything that you would wear for one to five years. So, you know, watch strap, sunglasses, flip-flops, other phone cases. That will be our focus and then look at rolling out into other products uh, as we go.
0: For sure. And behind Flaxic, you also have a company, Open Mind Developments, which focuses on innovative solutions to environmental issues like Flaxic. Can you share one of your craziest and like wildest ideas you've had in terms of creative solutions to sustainability?
1: Hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, that's you know, I think a lot of the things we covered like in here were, would be the crazy ideas and um, <laughs> that are finally starting to Uh, to take take hold and and um, you know I remember starting out I'd go to these shows where you'd try to compete with other the big cases and you'd get uh, laughed at a lot and (laughs) but I mean it started it so it's finally and you know maybe we're ahead of our time but I mean the the um, it's starting to come now and the wave is, is starting to happen but as far as crazy sustainability ideas I just really like the idea of closed loop taking responsibility for the product that you create or any company creates i think that's um that could go a long way for sure to helping us make things more sustainably and and really consider the end of life and getting the maximum value out of that product that's produced like can you make more things out of it when it's done
0: for sure so it's really reframing the mindset to seeing this as ways to seeing it as an opportunity
1: exactly yes
0: yeah. yeah. And where can we go to follow your work to potentially see all of this happen and where can we follow PiLA online?
1: Yeah, so it's pilacase.com and then um, PiLA Case on Facebook and on Instagram, those are our main uh, channels right now.
0: Before we go into our final five tips, I just wanted to say, if you know of people also trying to build something to help fight plastic pollution or a zero waste creative who nerds out on this stuff, please share the episode with them if you think that they'd be interested. Your support really helps the show out and hopefully it'll provide some inspiration for your friends as well. So thank you if you get a chance to share the episode. And now onto our final five and my key takeaways. Let's power through. What's a publication or a social media you follow for inspiration?
1: I don't have one, but I pretty much just exclusively listen to podcasts and audiobooks. I kind of quit listening to the quit listening to the news years ago and um yeah, so that's it's always constantly on in, in uh, the vehicle and
0: Do you have a favorite podcast to recommend? Um, well Tim Ferriss is
1: right up there. I like I really enjoy listening to the guests. Um, those are, that would be and then uh, How I Built This another inspirational one for sure
0: yeah what do you say to yourself to stay motivated
1: Hmm. you know that's a tricky one but i looking at my children i think that's one of the biggest motivators is to try and uh, set an example for them so that would probably be number one Mm
0: -hmm. and what's a must do for your health
1: i would say just try and sweat even a little bit every day (laughs) Mm
0: mm-hmm What's a simple action we can take this week for our planet's health, other than switching to a pila case?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think a simple action is just to kind of question everything that you see, uh, plastic-wise. And, you know, even in a restaurant, if you happen to get, if you ask for a drink, just say, no, no straw, please. I don't need a plastic straw. And that's, that's a start.
0: And what makes you most hopeful for our planet right now?
1: The way we can... Uh, connect and engage as a community a global community that's the that really inspires me and makes me believe that we can really make change in the world
0: and what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers
1: just take action if you have an idea start take a step make a phone call talk to someone and and try it and keep going
0: just take action action. Think of one tiny thing you want to do today to work towards one of your goals, and do it. I believe you can, I believe in you. Green Dreamer, here are my two takeaways from this conversation. Number 1. It's not so much about not producing any waste at all, as it is about designing something, keeping in mind that ideally, the waste will be able to biodegrade in natural ecosystems at the end of its life or be turned again and again into something of value, or both, like what Pila Case is hoping to achieve with its Take Back program. So it's about going more circular rather than linear with our product life cycles. Number two, dare to think outside the box and to not follow the status quo. That's where you'll find unique opportunities to take on that will end up with you having unique brand stories to tell as well. Plus, that's how we'll be able to come up with new solutions to our very widespread issues today. It starts with you thinking differently than everybody else. And there, that's a wrap for this episode. You can find the full show notes and sign up for my weekly newsletter at greendreamer.com. Get in touch with me at Kamea shane on Instagram and email me at hello at greendreamer.com with your feedback on how I can improve the show for you, what would help you most or any takeaways that you wanna share with me. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and Green Dreamer, I will catch you later.